Joining me now for this Locked On crossover action, Florida Gators, Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. We've got JT Wistersill from Locked On Utes, and we're here to preview this game that's happening on Saturday, two days away now at this point. And I don't know about you, JT, but I am excited for this game. I mean, we've just been talking about every like littlest thing we can get at in terms of coverage, and now we finally get a game. It's finally here. I know personally, just ever since the Rose Bowl ended, we were talking about the countdown to Gainesville, and it is finally here just a couple of days away. I cannot wait to see how it's all going to play out. Yeah, I'm excited, and I know that every time I post a video that's like Florida Gators versus Utah Utes, I get Utah fans talking wild trash to me in the comments and they're like yeah we're gonna be in Gainesville we're gonna do this and I'm just saying a lot of Utah fans are like I'll tell you what the, uh, like Utah Stadium is just as loud as a swamp and no it ain't big dog I don't care I, I don't care I I give full respect to Utah they're probably the best stadium in the Pac-12 in terms mm-hmm. of atmosphere it, it ain't Gainesville <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know that that's yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that's just what it is no, it's not. And like, I mean, it's just one of those things you're going to get out there and those fans are going to see. And Utah has an outstanding home crowd advantage. It is great as well. But I mean, we've just, we've been talking about a lot, right? There's the difference between PAC 12 and FCC. And a lot of that has to do with hype as well. And just when you get in there with the fans and you see how many people is that, and Utah's traveling well to the game. I mean, it's still going to be Florida Stadium, obviously. So it's going to be really loud and quite the atmosphere. But I mean, this Utah team has played in hostile environments before. So I think they'll be ready for it. But you're right. This is definitely, it's a very nice home advantage for Florida because this crowd is excited and ready, especially since they are kicking off the Billy Napier era. Yeah, um, we saw last season, and I know that obviously you can't just go, oh, based on the 2021 season, this is what we're going to see. But what we did see last season is, Utah struggled a bit with quarterbacks that were mobile threats, whether it was Jaron Hall or Jaden Daniels, because obviously Jaron Hall picked up those yards on options for the most part or designed quarterback runs. And Jaden Daniels picked up a lot of those yards running the ball as scrambling. So is kind of defending the mobile quarterback a concern this year for this Utah Utes defense? I was honestly, I think in, I think in a lot of cases, I think this team is more, will be able to handle that a little bit better than last year. But I'll say this in terms of Anthony Richardson. I mean, this is a guy that Kyle Whittingham already talked about. He just, these are direct quotes from coach Whittingham. Talked to, told him he's outstanding, has a ton of ability. Just talked about how big he is. I mean, six, four around that 235, 240 range has four, three speed. You got a dual threat quarterback with a live arm who can make every throw and is just, a, like I said, just in general, a phenomenal player at the position. So I think when you've got a guy who can do all those things, you have to respect his ability to make every throw. So you're going to have guys playing back. So when you do so many things right, you got to be able to get a guy down and finish the play and get those sacks. And that was something at times Utah did struggle with last season. I felt like it got better as the year went on, especially. But it's definitely concerned with a guy like Richardson, who is going to be able to shake off those arm tackles. Guys are really going to have to win their one-on-ones along the defensive line and get two hands on him in order to get him down because he is a big guy. He's going to be able to shake those guys off. And you got young linebackers in there as well. I don't know who's going to be the spy that Utah is going to use. Maybe it's an athlete in Diabate. Maybe it's a freshman in Lander Barton. Either way, you get a guy in Diabate who we're excited for, but did have his struggles a season ago. So we'll see if he's able to take down Richardson and then Barton as well. 
is a guy who's that'll be his first ever responsibility if he gets that job is spying a guy like Anthony Richardson. And if they may ask Karene Reed to do it as well, but I think he's Utah's best coverage linebacker. So I expect him to be dropping back more than spying personally, but it, it's definitely going to be a challenge. And I think there's going to be at least a couple times during the game where it's third and five and Utah has it covered on the back end and Richardson slips out of a tackle and gets first down. Yeah, I mean, that that's obviously the thing we talk about with Anthony Richardson. I mean, obviously, Coach Whittingham is a very smart man. He's been doing this for a very long time. Uh, we're looking at one of the most physically gifted humans on the planet, and obviously running the ball is kind of, kind of his biggest threat right now. Yes, he's got a bazooka for an arm, but we've seen struggles with that one. But one thing that we also saw him struggle with a little bit last season, specifically when you look at that Georgia game, which is incredibly hard to fault anybody against that Georgia defense. That was, I've been saying, I think the most dominant college defense I've ever seen. They just came in and wrecked everybody week in and week out. We saw Anthony Richardson struggle against them again, obviously. And against LSU, he struggled when the pass rush got in. Utah, they lost to Fua. They lost Devin Lloyd, who, I mean, one of the best linebackers, arguably the best linebacker in this past draft class. What can the Florida Gators and Florida Gators fans expect Utah to do to try to kind of replicate or replace that now lost pass rush? I actually do think Utah's duo this season is going to be even better than the previous one, just because Lloyd still played off the ball a lot. And when he was asked to rush, he did a phenomenal job, of course. And Tafua was an outstanding player for Utah for years. But when you're talking about Van Fillinger and Junior Tafuna, so Junior Tafuna was the Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year a season ago, four and a half sacks, and just that ability to collapse the pocket and create that interior pressure is something that was so huge for this team. And just as he got going later in the year and commanded those double teams, it freed up some of those guys. He has another off season under his belt, got even bigger, stronger, faster as well, worked on his technique. I think he's going to be a guy Florida's going to have to devote two to almost every time when they drop back. And you also get a guy in Van Fillinger who is just, when you're talking about what's the ideal body of an edge guy, it's Van Fillinger. He's got the length, he's got the bend, the athleticism. I think he's a guy who's going to be a really effective force coming across the edge as well. Got a veteran in Gabe Reed who comes over from Stanford with some pass rush experience as well. And a couple other guys just along the defensive line. It's it's a solid, good group coming in for the Utes. But I really think that duo is going to be a lot of fun to see how they're able to get after and affect Richardson. And I do think a couple times they'll be popping up in the backfield. Yeah, I think that's something where, especially when you look at this Florida offense, it's like, okay, this offensive line is relatively new as a unit. A few of these guys played together last year, but when the offensive line, and especially in pass protection, it's almost always how they perform as a unit, not just individually. So you can go, oh, this guy was great last year. But when you're working together and you're trying to figure some things out, it can get lost a little bit. So we'll see that in that first game under Billy Napier, Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton, and all these offensive-minded coaches. We'll see how that offensive line matches up against Utah's defense. And Brandon, going off that, one thing that Coach Winningham talked about with this Utah roster is the skill position players. You know, you got really big receivers, right? Guys like Justin Shorter, 6'4", over 220 pounds. Xavier Henderson, 6'3", 195. And even guys like the running backs, like Montreal Johnson, 838 yards last year with Louisiana. And guys like Wright as well in the backfield. How do you feel like this, the skill position players, specifically the running backs and the wide receivers, are coming along for this Florida team? I think they're developing pretty nicely, especially when you look at, I mean, Kerry Colbert came in from USC, so a lot of Utah fans might recognize that name. He's a wide receivers coach there, and he's helped develop these guys as well as like just, just increasing the nuances to their game. Xavier Henderson was someone who 
came in as a highly, highly touted recruit, has not come close to living up to the expectations that were thrust upon him. But he's a straight line speed guy, but he's also six foot three. And he's and now reportedly he's running much crisper routes than before. And Justin Shorter is working in the slot more often this year, I think. Uh, I will say that Billy Napier throughout his Louisiana tenure showed um, the, he, sh- he had a tendency where he wanted to put these big receivers in the slot. I think Justin Shorter is that guy, especially just given his chemistry with Anthony Richardson to this point. We see him work the slot a little bit. I think Ricky Pearsall is a name where if he's really fully healthy, I know he's working in contact, but he did get a bone bruise on his foot a few weeks ago. So we'll see how he's moving if he's limited at all. When you look at the running back room, I think that you've got two running backs who are pretty, pretty well-rounded. And I don't just mean like, ah, solid power and solid speed. I mean, Naquan Wright and Montreal Johnson are shifty enough to create yards, they're powerful enough to run through arm tackles. I, I forgot the exact number, but Naquan Wright had more than half of his yards last season were after contact. That's just what he did. I think it was something like 65 to 70% of his yards were after contact last season. And he's not a big dude. It's literally just fighting through and making men miss. And I mean, Naquan Wright is someone who I still think we might see work a little bit in the slot because Billy Napier likes to put receivers in the slot, move them into the backfield or take someone from the backfield, move them to the slot. I think Naquan Wright's the best receiver out of that backfield, so it'll likely be him. And then as pass protectors as well, Montrell Johnson last season had one bad game as a pass protector. It was that last App State game really gave him fits. But every other game he did pretty well. And that App State game specifically, App State was kind of bringing heat consistently. So he was left in one-on-ones a lot where running backs aren't necessarily. Naquan Wright last season was a solid pass protector. I think those are the two backs that you really have to worry about. I do think that we'll see Lorenzo Lingard and maybe Trevor Etienne play again. Both of these teams are running those committee backfields where it's like, or, 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 or just down the list as to who's going to be playing running back. Uh, So I think that at running back, both sides, you're going to see a lot of fresh legs here. But I think in the passing game, you're looking at Naquan, you're looking at Montreal, maybe Lorenzo Lingard. I don't think you see much in the passing game from Trevor Etienne just because He's a true freshman. He wasn't this kid that came onto campus in March or any or any early time like that. He's been here for a, a month or two at this point. So he, he's not fully caught up to the playbook, or at least I wouldn't expect him to be at this point, especially in his first college season. But I think when you look at these receivers, you're going, okay, there's four guys we have to really worry about. And even then, they're not going to have four receivers on the field often. That's just not what Billy Napier is going to do. You're going to see a lot of 12 personnel here. You'll see you'll see 11 personnel and you'll see 10, but you're not going to see that 12 personnel often. But I think that these receivers are improved from last year. They're not the most dynamic of the bunch. Uh, we, we can say that and be completely honest about them. And these running backs are dual threats, we'll say, but they're you know jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the running backs play in this. And especially looking at the second Utah secondary, this is a secondary that those guys feel like they're the best in the Pac-12. They have quite the test in those Florida receivers. Something I wanted to ask before we get to our first break, because I feel like this is something that everybody has talked about and everybody's a scientist and a meteorologist about this. What are your thoughts on the humidity, the difference from obviously Salt Lake City, which is like 20% is a solid day there and and just literally this swamp that is Gainesville. Well, I think it helps that it's a seven o'clock kickoff. So the sun won't be beating down on you as say, if it was like a one o'clock or noon game in Gainesville time, but 
it's definitely going to be a factor. And I think these guys have been working hard to try and to simulate it and get for it. And I don't, I think they're ready for it. I think there will be a couple of guys who we probably see go down due to cramps just because it is such a difficult part of the elements. But honestly, I, I do feel like this Utah team, you have a ton of guys who came over, like were recruited in Florida as well. So, and they, like I mentioned, trying to practice and train in this. It's going to be a factor, but I feel like this Utah team has done a good job of simulating it as they can. And because they have so many guys and recruits who have come from Florida as well, and just the guys who come from California, Texas, a lot of guys who are from hot environments, I think they'll be ready for this game. And they've been working really hard to condition themselves. They understand the challenge, and that's why I feel like they're ready to meet it. Yeah, that's one of the things that we've discussed also where – Salt Lake City is such a higher elevation than Florida. It's such a higher city. So I feel like maybe playing in that environment where it's just like difficult to catch your breath and difficult to, to breathe. And there's so many athletes that go to Colorado to train specifically. Obviously, yeah. you guys are in Utah. But my point is the elevation. But going to Colorado and going to Utah in these high elevation places because it helps you develop that cardio where – I'm like, maybe that'll not help them, but it might kind of close the gap a little bit where you're playing in a place where it's easier to breathe, easier to catch your breath, and easier to recover. We're about to talk about this uh, Utah offense against this Florida Gators defense, but first, a quick word from Bet Online because, I mean, I don't know. If, if you're listening to this, odds are you're a Florida Gators or Utah Utes fan, and you probably have an opinion about who's going to win this game. It's probably whichever team you support. But right now on Bet Online, the Utah Utes are three point favorites. They opened as one and a half point underdogs. I don't know why, but they opened as one and a half point underdogs. They're now three point favorites and minus 145 to win the game. The Gators are plus 125 underdogs. So, I mean, you know, you want to bet 100 bucks on the Gators, you win another 125. I'm just saying, Bet Online's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Now, Brandon Olson here, locked on Gators. JT Wistersill, locked on Utes. JT, what is your biggest thought right now when you're thinking? how Utah's offense is going to game plan for this Florida Gators defense. I mean, they want to establish the run. It's what they want to do against every opponent, and I definitely think that's what they're going to go in with the intention of. There were four running backs basically listed as starters on Utah's depth chart. They had it's look, it's Tavion Thomas is going to get the first carry of the game for sure. But Coach Whittingham said he expects to he expects to see all four. We'll see if we see Chris Curry. That's Utah's fourth running back, but you're definitely going to see Tavion Thomas, Jalen Glover, and Makai Bernard for sure. And those guys are all really productive, strong backs that bring different things. But Utah wants to get after it in the ground game. And that's something I'm excited to see this Utah offense do because this is a group that everyone has started at least four games, but not this combination of guys has never played a game together. There's a couple of them that have played with a couple together, but never these five. And thankfully, Utah has had some more time than they did a season ago, Coach Whittingham mentioned, to work with this group and them being the five to build that continuity. But it's still a tough test, especially when you're in an environment like Gainesville. The fans, it's just going to be really loud in the swamp as we know. It makes communication a lot tougher. But I'm just excited to see this if this Utah team can establish the run. And Brandon, I'm curious as well about if you think this Florida team has the personnel equipped to stop Utah's running game. Because I know there's a couple dudes on that defensive line. Yeah, it's one of those things where last year they just flat out sucked against the run. I have no problem saying that. I feel like I've been open about that. But this year we're looking at this team and we're going, okay, Javon Dexter is 
playing defensive end, defensive end. Now he's going to be lining up in the same spot. I don't care. Uh, then you've got a new nose tackle because last year there were two nose tackles and Javon Dexter would occasionally go there. That's not the case anymore. New nose tackles, uh, Antonio Valentino and Daquan Newkirk, they're graduated. They're gone. Zachary Carter, gone along that defensive line as well. You've got Princely Umanilin stepping in who I'm pretty confident in, but we'll see what happens when push comes to shove this Saturday. He's not going to get a, a warm-up game as a starter. This isn't He's not just revving up for this. He's stepping into it with the Pac-12 team that likes to run the ball and likes to establish that physical style of play there. So I'm interested there. Ventro Miller is coming back. He's a great run-stuffing linebacker. I'm curious actually to see what he does when Utah throws the ball because he's a little bit of a liability in coverage, and Utah's got two phenomenal tight ends that we're going to see a lot. We'll see what happens even behind them because I know 13 personnel is a big thing for Utah. But we'll see what happens behind them. But I'm a little bit concerned about Ben Miller against the Utah tight ends. And then that other linebacker spot, if it's Amari Bernie, I've very openly said I'm not a big fan of Amari Bernie. I'm, but then again, I think that other linebacker, even if it's not Amari Bernie, is going to be someone like Dewan Black, who is safety size playing linebacker. So it's interesting to see just this personnel where I feel like the front four, I'm pretty confident in, especially Brenton Cox Jr. on the edge as well. But I feel like a lot of it against Utah is going to be these defensive linemen trying to get into the backfield, but might be stuck just eating blocks at a certain point, and then linebackers having to come finish it up. And I'm curious to see how they do that. Yeah, and Tavion's a guy who broke a lot of tackles last season. So it is going to be fun to see if those linebackers are ready for that challenge. And I think another thing that's really intriguing about this matchup, Brandon, is we, you and I have talked before about this game, of course, is you're high on Florida secondary. And this Utah offense wants to be more explosive this season. And I expect to see that in the very first week. I think we're going to see deep shots to Devon Vele, guys like Jalen Dixon, Money Parks, Solomon Enos as well might get in on some of the action. And we'll and I don't think we're going to see 40-yard passes to Brant Keefe and Dalton Kincaid, of course. But those are guys capable of breaking tackles and taking a passer another 30 yards. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And how do you feel like this Gators secondary matches up against – not a proven group of receivers for Utah, but one that a lot of people, especially in Utah, really think is prime for the best season we've seen from a wide receiver court here in a long time. I, I will tell you, I'm pretty confident in this group. Like I, you said it yourself. You're like, last time we spoke, you were confident in the secondary. I'm confident against this Florida Gators secondary against the huge majority of Power 5 football teams. Just Jason Marshall Jr. is one of the best young cornerbacks that we've seen in all of college football. And then he's getting that, that recognition and that hype. There's a lot of national media that's recognizing him as someone who last year balled out. There's a corner that we have called Avery Helm, who is uh, not getting that love, but last season, zero touchdowns allowed. He was great in coverage consistently. I'm not concerned about them. I, I, I have full faith in them. We'll see what they do as full-time every down starters again, because last season, Kyrie Elam was starting at one side. Jason Marshall and Avery Helm would kind of just rotate in at that opposite corner spot. So we'll see what happens in a full season here. But I do think that they'll be pretty good at limiting the explosive play, just partially due to how good I think they are and how bad some of the players last year that were getting run were. I, th- I think that some of them just had no business being on the football field, especially with who is on that depth chart for the Florida Gators in the secondary and I'm also curious to see what they do with Trey Dean, the Florida Gators safety, who I know he's been working a bit at that star nickel spot during practice. And 
we'll see what happens if he's the one that takes on uh, Brent Keith or Dalton Kincaid, or, or we'll see what happens there. Because I do think Trey Dean, with his size and athletic traits, with refinement, could become a complete tight end eraser. You know, you're looking at a, t- a Utah team that uses tight ends more than anybody else in college football, really. That's just not a valuable position anymore. It's Iowa and Utah and Wisconsin that use tight ends consistently. And that's kind of it. But I'm yeah, curious yeah. to see if Trey Dean can be that eraser that he's got the ceiling to be. Because I do think that for a Florida Gators defense that wants to play man coverage, Trey Dean will be the one matched up against, I think, Brent Keith. I think he's the more athletic tight end there. So I think that you'll see a safety put on him. Yeah, what's fun about that is you mentioned Brant's abilities. Brant's a guy who spent a lot of the offseason. He's been Utah's leading receiver, lead, leading yardage guy the past few years. He spent a lot of time training with the receivers as well, refining his footwork, coming in and out of his break. So it's going to be fun. And you mentioned you think that guy can be an eraser. What a first test of the season going against guys like Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. Because Dalton Kincaid as well as the guy, I think, Brant Keithy is the better college tight end. But when you talk about the next level, Dalton Kincaid has what you want. He has that true jump ball ability. And that's something I think we're going to see when Utah gets to the end zone. I wouldn't be surprised if on first or second down, even of their first drive, they get into the red zone. If it's just a jump ball up to Dalton Kincaid because he has that basketball background and ability just to go up and get those balls. It's not really 50-50 with him. It's more like 60-40 depending on the guy he's going against. So it is going to be fun to see how the Gators kind of try to attack and contain those guys. Yeah, I mean, that that's always interesting. I know on Monday's episode, I did how Florida can kind of game plan defensively. And when talking about those two players specifically, Keith and Kincaid, I was like, look, I think with Brant, you got to throw Tradine on him. Because again, Tradine's the guy that could be the tight end eraser. I think Kincaid, you, you try to put a linebacker on him because I don't think that we have another safety in Gainesville that has the size, speed, and coverage ability that could really match up with him. So I think you just put a linebacker like DeWan Black, who played safety, played edge rusher. He's done a lot try to just press him at the line of scrimmage, try to throw him off and try to just hope that the pass rush gets there in time. Cause Kincaid is the tight end that I'm more worried about again, because I think Keith will be the one covered by Trey Dean. And I'm, I'm a bit confident in Trey Dean. I think I'm higher on him than, uh, than most Gators fans are even, but I, I think that Kincaid's the one that does give me a little bit of a concern there in the passing game. Yeah, and because he those guys, it's another year just in the system, especially for Keithy, just the work he's continued to do. It's going to be fun. And as you mentioned, he's getting that respect of getting matched up by a guy you think can really be an elite tight end eraser. So that'll be fun to watch and see how Dalton mixes into this as well. And accounting for the running backs out of the backfield. Look, Tavion Thomas is not a pass catcher. He had three receiving yards last season. He actually has negative receiving yardage over the course of his college career. It's the biggest reason, in my opinion, he actually came back to Utah, because I think if you're trying to be an NFL back, you, you can't go in with negative yardage as a receiver but you look at guys like Makai Bernard and what he was able to do offensively in the Rose Bowl as the guy out of the backfield with those hands I think he's a guy Jalen Glover coming back to Florida I think those are both guys who we could see Utah involved with and maybe if they decide to use a little bit of the screen game as well as just you have everything else accounted and then one of those guys fakes like they're staying in for pass protection and slips out of the backfield it's going to be really interesting to see how this Gator team goes about containing that because this is a Utah team with a lot of weapons and this coaching staff feels confident in them. Offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig is going to be designing more plays specifically to go to these guys this year. We already talked about the receiver matchup. I think there's going to be plays specifically called for Devon Bailey. Just, hey, go deep. And look, you have a couple of checkdowns, but like this is the plays. We're trying to get the ball to Devon down the field. And I think it's going to see, we're going to see that a couple of times. So it'll be interesting to see who comes away with that matchup against a really improved Florida secondary from the sounds of it. 
yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just it's a team where it's a matchup where both teams kind of like they seem like they want to do the same thing offensively for yeah. the most part. And then they seem like defensively, they're kind of going to try to defend the same thing. I feel like it's not even like scout over scout D. It's literally just, hey, man, we're just going to run our playbook and we're just going to see what happens. And, and we'll see what happens personnel wise. Um, but we're about to talk about the predictions for this game. And we'll talk score. We'll talk who wins. We'll talk whatever it is. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Now to wrap up today's show, we're talking about predictions for this Florida Gators and Utah Utes game. I'm Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators with JT Wistersill from Locked On Utes. And we're going to have this. I'm just going to throw it out there. JT, what's happening? What's the score? Who's winning? Who's winning this game on Saturday? Utah is going to win 38-27. to It's going to be a really great game. But in the end, Cam Rising outduels Anthony Richardson. Cam starts his Heisman campaign strong with five total touchdowns in the game. I think four of those come through the air. Three, or excuse me, four through the air, one on the ground as well. I think you see guys like Devon Bailey get involved. I think there's a really good chance guys like Brant, Keithy, Dalton, Kincaid find the end zone not once, but maybe even twice as well. I think we do see Utah able to establish that run because of that experience along the offensive line. And the biggest reason I'm giving the edge to Utah in this game is 17 returning starters. And obviously the coach is back. And that's a new thing. It's a new coach in his very first game and lots of new guys and new pieces coming together. And that's really tough to do against a veteran team. And even though it's in a hostile environment, this Utah team, I trust the coaches to prepare them for it. I feel like they're coming in ready for it. And because of that, I feel like they're going to be able to get a win 38 to 27. See, I'm I'm, I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to let you know okay. <laughs> Here, and that, that should be expected, and I hate doing this because I feel like it's just like, oh, shocking. The Florida guy picked Florida in their first game and a game where they're, where they're underdogs against top 10 teams. I think it's going to be 28-24, I'll say, for mm-hmm. Florida. I think that it's hard to go into the swamp and win. That, that's just a not Actually, I don't even it's think it's, it's, it's hard to go into the swamp and win, especially when you're not used to that environment. And I'll go back to when – I was like, hey, I know I've had Utah fans go, our stadium's just as loud. Here's the thing. Even if it was, it's not. But even if it was, they are not making that noise when you're on offense and you're trying to make your calls, you're trying to make your adjustments, when you're trying to do it. That's the big home field advantage is that they're pretty quiet when you're trying to do things. During a play, they'll go nuts. But they're pretty quiet when you're trying to do things, and then they're really loud when the other team is on offense. You can play music in your indoor facility all you want. You can make as much noise as you want. It ain't going to replicate it. I do think Utah will just come out and just go silent count all the way through because I do think that you got a swamp that fits 88,548 people. You can see them all right there, the number right there. You got that many people that are going to be at that game. And I don't care if let, – let's be generous and say Utah is going to take up 10% of that stadium. I don't think they will. But let's say they take up 10% of that stadium. That's still what – 80,000 people that are going to be screaming for the Florida Gators. Like it's really hard to win there. And I think that that's going to, I think that'll have a bigger impact than the humidity. I think the humidity, I, agree. Factor, yep. I think the noise will matter more. And I, even the humidity, I'm not even going, Oh, this team's just not going to be able to hang. I'm thinking Utah, the best way to counter that humidity and, and that exhaustion is to rotate players. You're putting in a few depth guys. Maybe there's a big play here or there that Florida can take advantage of. But I think that it'll be a close game. And again, the primary reason is I think these teams want to do similar things offensively. I think defensively, we'll see who can make who make more mistakes. Obviously, Anthony Richardson is significantly more likely to make those mistakes. 
But I also think that just playing in this swamp is going to be so difficult to do. I mean, I feel like I'm in a swamp right now with how hot this room is. So it's just, it's going to be incredibly difficult to kind of go into the swamp and win. And you mentioned as well, like you're like, Hey, like Billy Napier's first game, it's a new coach. I have kind of thought of that as a, a bit of a positive for Florida. Um, mainly because yes, you can look at what Billy Napier did with Louisiana. And that's what we've all done. We've all got a 12 personnel, a lot of motion, RPO game's going to be a little bit prominent. They're going to go wide zone. They're going to do all these things. But I think the biggest thing is he didn't have players of this caliber at Louisiana. He developed players as good as almost anybody. Like Louisiana should not have had as many successful football players in the NFL as they did, but that's what happened. But I think when you look at what this team has done or what Billy Napier has done with that Louisiana team, now he's got Florida athletes where – he can have more freedom. You know, he had Levi Lewis as his quarterback for the past couple seasons. Levi Lewis, I, look, you made it to the NFL. You got cut, but you made it to the NFL, but good for you. But you're not Anthony Richardson. And that's my point. This offense opens up so more. Levi Lu- opens up so much more. Levi Lewis, noodle arm quarterback, if we're being honest. Anthony Richardson can throw the ball 70 yards plus in the air. We'll see if it's accurate, but he can throw the ball 70 plus yards downfield. He can outrun most players on that football on that football field at any position so i think you've got a players or play callers on both sides that can open up in ways that they've never opened up before and so i feel like that might be an advantage it could also go horrible like they could try to open up and they just get smoked about it but i I feel like that might be an advantage when we're looking at this game as to how hard it is to prepare for this florida gators team just because you have to go based on what you saw at Utah, uh, based on what you saw at Louisiana, if you're Utah. And it might be a bit different looking team out there. Yeah, and that was actually something Coach Whittingham was asked about yesterday is how do you prepare for a team like this? And he said it's 50% watching their personnel from the Florida team a year ago, as well as 50% of watching kind of the schemes they ran at Louisiana. But then you also got to acknowledge, and these are all things Coach Whittingham said. There's going to be new things as offense grows and adapts because it is new personnel. There's going to be new designs to maximize these guys' skill sets. So there is that unknown element that definitely can be an advantage as well. And I 100% agree with you. I think the biggest thing in this game is going to be the crowd noise in terms of like we're talking about the heat. It's the crowd noise for me because this is the most hostile environment Utah has played in and a very long time. I'll just say that <laughs> off the top of my head. It's going to be, I mean, look, we know about the Utah BYU rivalry. This will be even more of a hostile environment because of the sheer number of people just in the swamp. So it's going to be a fun game. And I mean, Florida can absolutely get this win. I think there's a reason you're seeing a lot of people go with the Gators because of how hard it is to come down and play in a stadium like the swamp, the energy around the first game of Billy Napier's tenure. And there are a lot of really good players on that side and a lot of really good recruits too, who maybe the old coaching staff couldn't maximize as much, but the new regime very well could. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing as well. It's like we whenever we talk about this and we say Florida could win, it's always the humidity or the crowd noise. It's never Florida's a better football team. Like that's just not it. Because yeah. people, if you have a brain, then you know that that's just not the case. This Utah yeah. team is incredibly talented. They should win this game. Like that's why when I said during the bet online read, I was like, I don't know why. Florida opened as favorites. I, I genuinely could not tell you why. But Utah should win this game. Like, they're three-point favorites. They should be. And also, if you're not a gambler listening to this, uh, usually you give, like, three points to the home team. So, really, you're going Utah's six points better than Florida, 
but you're in swamp, or if you're playing the swamp particularly, it might be four points that you switch over to. So I think that everybody knows Utah right now is the better football team. Mm-hmm. I've been saying it for, for months. Florida is so much about projection. Anthony Richardson could come out and just be that freshman that we saw in that Georgia game. He, I mean, he won't be, but he could be is the point is that everything is unknown. He could come out and look like Tim Tebow reincarnate. Like he, he could do anything, but that's the thing with this team. It's just, it's so much projection. We, we can say, I think Anthony Richardson wins the Heisman. I think Anthony Richardson gets benched by the end of the season. You can say whatever you want. It's so much projection where this Utah team is clearly right now, the better football team. If not, if even if you're a Florida fan and you want to be delusional about it, just say it's because we don't know what this Florida team yeah. is. Because Utah team is clearly better. Everyone acknowledges if Florida wins this game, it's because the crowd, it's because they outplayed what we are expecting from them. And it's because a little bit that humidity, depending on if there's a big play for Florida because a backup was in, even then humidity might not impact Utah that much. But I think we all acknowledge Utah is the better football team here. That's just what it is right now. But Florida should have and or has some advantages over them, and that's what it's going to open up. But Utah should win this football game. 100%. And I'll say this as well. It's, this is the nice thing about Florida, right? Like, I fully expect, no matter the results of Saturday's game, Utah to finish the season ranked higher than Florida. And that's the nice thing for Florida. They just have to be better than Utah on one day. When you have a quarterback that has the potential that Anthony Richardson has, and Coach Whittingham has been talking about this guy for a reason, because there is a ton of reason NFL scouts and guys are excited about him. The things he can do when it's all clicking are incredible. And all it takes are those couple plays, a couple missed tackles, miscues, mistakes, issues dealing with the crowd noise, miscommunications from the first game, offensive line that hasn't, this combination of guys hasn't started the first game together. So Utah is the favorite because of those 17 returners, the experience, the level of players, the guys you have coming back led by Cam Rising, of course, but this is a Florida team that's going to be a really tough out for anyone they play this season. And we're going to see that in the swamp and what I still expect to be a fantastic game. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fantastic game. I know I'm going to be going nuts. I got front row tickets right in the end zone, baby. We're going crazy oh, awesome. here. <laughs> I was, <laughs> you should be. I'll send you pictures. There we go. Yeah. You send me this picture of the scoreboard at the end, too. More than Florida 28, Utah 24. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you that. I'm Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators. This is JT Wistersill from Locked On Utes. Catch us every day on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.